is the Lviv Land Podcast, episode 1A, and a special edition follow-up to last week's conversation. You can read our stories online at lvivlab.com. That's Lviv, L-V-I-V-L-A-B.com. Hello, Dobry Den from Lviv, Ukraine, a city known for chocolate, coffee, and cobblestone streets. My name is Joe Lindsley, and I'm an American who sort of got stuck here. Or actually, I did get stuck here when the borders closed during this time of coronavirus and quarantine. But no matter, it's been great. With a team of Ukrainians, we've created the Lviv Lab for the Activation of Democracy, a new experiment in journalism. Last week in our first podcast, we spoke with Arthur Karitanov, the Ukrainian founder of the Free Hong Kong Center. We're going to hear more from Arthur today in this special episode, because just last week, in an extraordinary way, Beijing moved to restrict the rights of people in Hong Kong to protest. This seems to be a violation of the 1997 handover agreement with the British. And also last week, China's ambassador to Israel died, seemingly and most likely of natural causes in Tel Aviv. But before that, just a few months ago, he was Beijing's man in Kiev, and in that time, he urged Ukrainians to support Chinese attempts to curtail the protests in Hong Kong. But the irony is, Ukraine is a nation that was refounded just a few years ago, in 2014, by a revolution of the people who peacefully took to the streets. Considering the similarity of Hong Kong and Ukraine, here's the rest of our interview with Arthur Karitanov of the Free Hong Kong Center. From his office in Kiev, he spoke to the Lviv Lab's Denis Boyetsko. Hello everyone, this is Dennis from Lviv Lab Podcast uh, from Lviv Lab and this is the second part, the additional episode of Artur Kharitonov interview where we discussed more about Hong Kong, about Taiwan and their connection with Ukraine. Hope you will enjoy it. Recently, Ukrainian media was literally filled with Hong Kong and the news about protests, about the freedom fighters, about the film Winter on Fire, which was shown there to inspire them and setting us as an example. So actually, we, our people, felt them like soulmates. But as suddenly as it appeared in our news, so fast it disappeared. Uh, So a lot of people wonder and they are curious what is happening there right now so arthur please share with us well here is a very interesting point that hong kong issue is very specific to ukraine and you would take into account that previously like few years ago hong kong was never been in ukrainian media right now it's quite okay i mean people in ukraine when they understood the democracy movement in hong kong is very similar to our situation uh, almost uh, six years ago and they started to follow what is going on and that's why people just uh, following the situation and waiting when we would have more news from Hong Kong right now. But like due to coronavirus outbreak there, it started a situation when people just um, stayed at home and they're not protesting so a lot. And um, the, like how Hong Kong was saying about it is that it's just a small pause in the very big movement and we just need to wait till the moment when people would be able to protest at the way they did it last year. Due to your field of work and your connections to Hong Kong, could you describe a little bit more how did you saw the spirit of Yeromaidan in Hong Kong, among the people of Hong Kong? 
Well, they could take into account different points, like starting from actually the culture of protest, because Hong Kongers, uh, you know, they understood the self essence. They did this very huge self determination process, and they understood why they're Hong Kongers, not Chinese. The same we have been following during European Maidan in Ukraine, because of course we have that time a uh, minority has been understanding that uh, yes we are ukrainians we are not like post-soviet people or pro-russian people or even russian people but once european maidan started and we get so huge level of propaganda from moscow of course, in this case, we started to understand that yes, we are Ukrainians and we are completely different from Russian people. I think it's the main point between Ukraine and Hong Kong, uh, which is about, of course, self-determination as a nation. Second point is uh, about tools uh, Hong Kong was used during the protest, because for example, Hong Kongers started to use the phrase, very famous phrase from Ukraine, like glory to Hong Kong, which is actually reflecting the <laughs> glory to Ukraine. Very, very famous phrase. They even named their own national awesome as glory to Hong Kong. So I think it's quite interesting. The next interesting fact is that Hong Kongers started to use Ukrainian topic as well as Ukrainian flags as a symbols of democracy and freedom. And um, I think first time in the modern history when somewhere far away from Ukraine people started to bring Ukrainian flags on street on the one level with US flag or UK flag or European Union flag and something very interesting because for Hong Kongers Ukraine is land of freedom is land where people won and overthrown the dictatorships so yes it's very um, like inspiring processes when we could see Ukrainian flag uh, outside of streets you know and uh, to see that people really, really taking a lot of inspiration from Ukrainian protest culture, first of all. I want to pay a little more attention to the uh, Ukraine-Hong Kong connections and Winter on Fire. And we know that the Netflix film showed in Hong Kong inspired the local people to continue their fight against China, uh, but how did it exactly work and uh, maybe there is something more to that that we don't know and maybe you can just share your opinion about this. Well, here we have uh, different waves, you know, like um, of the information, because of course first information from Ukraine was in 2014, when people wasn't very aware what is going on there in Ukraine. But then when European Maidan won, of course, it became very interesting to Hong Kongers, and after that they watched a Winter and Fire documentary and taking a lot of ideas and inspiration from this movie. I couldn't say that a lot of Hong Kongers um, and uh, all pro-democracy people are aware about the situation, current situation uh, in Ukraine. But of course, they know that after European Maidan, when we when we won our democracy, we faced um, the brutality from the side of Russia, and um, Crimea is annexed, and we still have ongoing war on the east of Ukraine. So they know that democracy has own price. They're trying to follow what is going on in Ukraine um, by. The 
different English sources. I mean, of course, the, the majority of Hong Kongers are fluent in English and they could read a lot of articles. But for them, I think the core point is, of course, revolution of dignity. So for these people, it's important to focus, first of all, on democracy movement processes, but not um, the kind of internal stuff in Ukraine. Because like, if you would talk about like uh, internal Ukrainian party situation or about uh, new steps of the servant of people party, of course, they are not so aware about it. But uh, they know, they know about current stations, they know the news specific specific of Poroshenko government and current government of the lands. And we can say that the inspiration for people protesting in Hong Kong worked vice versa, because when Ukrainians found out about their protest, they kind of inspired us to continue our struggle. And this is in some way mutual protest for both countries. Yeah, I think it's a very mutual process because, you know, when Hong Kongers started to analyze the outcomes of European Maidan, they understood that there are no miracles in this world. And even when we are winning our democracy, we have a lot of a lot of work ahead and uh, we need to make and continue reforms. And it is something very specific to Hong Kongers taken from us because, like, when we would see, for example, some articles about Maidan, of course, we would see some outcomes Hong Kong journalists doing to explain Hong Kongers that not all is so easy and that just fight is not enough to win democracy and to maintain the freedom values. About Ukrainian side, of course, I think that what Hong Kongers are doing there is something very specific too, because Ukrainians could see in Hong Kong movement something very, you know, like uh, family related. They see that it's very our own and that Hong Kongers are in such a sense the same Ukraine but in Asian bodies. And, uh, you know, we have big democracy movement six years ago. And uh, after that, we have a lot of a lot of bad stuff, of course, from the side of government. So we couldn't say we want corruption or we stop all this shady stuff in the government or that the government is like uh, ready enough to call themselves as a European or pro-Western. So I think that every news from Hong Kong about democracy and about the democracy fight is inspiring Ukrainians to back to streets to finish what we started six years ago. I'm not sure that uh, in Ukraine we would see next Maidan in the same sense we did it before, but I think it's gonna be more the mix of mental Maidan and physical Maidan, when protest on street is not the main tool, but ideas are main tool to change something and to uh, go ahead with our reforms. You know, recently me and Joe, we had an interesting conversation about the difference and common things between Ukrainians and Americans, and how the local and national communities are trying to deal with the COVID-19 outbreak and the virus spread. And there is this thing that everyone wanna do some something good for somebody else. And a lot of people wanna help and uh, there are a lot of volunteers in Ukraine and in America also. And how could you describe this, you know, movement, this feeling, this Maidan in the heart? 
Well, it's a very interesting question. I mean, Maidan is not just about protests, resistance, uh, uprising or something like that. Maidan, it is actually very interesting word, which means you no know, changes not just somewhere in government, but also changes in minds. Because we are saying, always saying that we have post-Maidan people. What does it mean? It means that people are very active on civic levels. They're trying to be engaged into different processes and to impact politics in very, very best shape. I mean, um, the government is afraid of not legal processes, but more about uh, people's will and that people would uh, go outside and protest and change everything. So I think it's about mental side of our future work and our democracy development. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting to follow that post Maidan generation is it's completely different, for example, from my generation, because I was, I think, 17, 18 years old when it started, but uh, right now, for example, we have people, very young people, who are 18 years old, and they was 12 when Maidan started, and for them, it's completely different Ukraine types, that time and right now. And um, even we, when we are talking about uh, civil activity or NGO activity, for young people, for current students and schoolers, it's very okay to be engaged into activity somewhere. And doesn't mean where, like it could be some student stuff or political stuff or NGO stuff, human rights stuff. It's not very important, but it's important to be engaged into civil activity. And in my times, it wasn't like that, like no student activities there. So it is actually very, very interesting when we are talking about Ukraine and Hong Kong, because in Hong Kong, we are following the same. They also have very new generation. And when you would like look through people who are on street in Hong Kong, you would see the majority is very young. It's like 14 years old, 15 years old, 16 years old, something like that. A lot of schoolers there. So it means that after Umbrella Movement, as well as after our European Maidan, people changed a lot. And the biggest impact was on the youngest generation. And um, I think it's given us a lot of hope that uh, we are waiting for a much more brighter future. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, that was Arthur Karitanov of the Free Hong Kong Center talking to us from the Ukrainian capital of Kyiv. We welcome all your criticisms, questions, suggestions, and ideas on Facebook or Instagram or on our website, LvivLab.com. There you can also find a lot of stories about China, Ukraine, Taiwan, Hong Kong, the coronavirus, and more. Please visit us at LvivLab, L-V-I-V-L-A-B.com. And I'd also like to thank, uh, as always, our house band, our good friends Tornadoes from Gothenburg in Sweden. Thanks, guys, for the music. And with that, we will say goodbye and do popachina from Lviv, Ukraine.
behind. 